Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. We're looking at Luke, chapter 10. Um, most of this is going to be a problem. <laughs> we will come to the end. <laughs> but there might be a solution for more thinking. Yeah. Um, okay, so the problem. So, uh, and, and I want us to think about this uh, in like two ways. Um, so as us as individuals, we're following Jesus, and how do we do that? And then also as us as Christian leaders, helping other people follow Jesus, how do we do that? Okay, a lot of things to consider. Um, so the main problem, or the, the way that the problem for me is, is framed in the beginning is, um, I'm trying to think, how am I going to get my little group of people? For me, it's you know, little people. Um, I'm in charge of the children's and young adults. Uh, stuff at my church. Um, you know, how am I going to get them to follow Jesus? Uh, do it effectively, uh, build the kingdom, all these things. And then, so that bleeds into how is their family going to be organized? When are they learning? When are they reading their Bibles? Are they praying for their meals? Are they doing the things that Christians do? And then it's like, well, maybe they are, maybe they're not. So I got to talk to their parents and I got to make sure that they're ordering their lives properly. It's like, before you know it, there's a lot of things to do, a lot of things to get structured. I see the giggling, it's like, yes, how are we going to do all these things? Right? How are we going to do I know. And so that's the problem. It's like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and and the, so I was talking with a friend of mine about, about SAP, right? And a lot of these things we talked about a lot, and yet we're still talking about them. Um, so we're talking about Sabbath, and he and his wife and his two little kids, they're trying to practice it. Um, and we meet together every week to have supper, and we switch, we go back and forth, their house, our house. And so I said, like, okay, let me know how your Sabbath goes this week, and in the next week, I will have thought about it with Emily, my wife, and then we will have a plan to practice Sabbath too. In the next week, we did not have a plan to practice Sabbath. But they did, and uh, they were doing it, and... Um, what we realized was that, uh, at least in part, as Christians, um, well, as people, uh, as people in Canada, we've got a lot of things to do, um, and so we're doing all of our things, and we're learning things, and we're doing our jobs, and we're practicing our hobbies, and we're trying to keep in touch with our friends, and we're keeping up with the internet, which is impossible, and like we're doing all of our things, and then, then we're also Christians, which is like a very involved sort of hobby to be a part of. <laughs> So we've got a lot of things to do to be Christians. I've never done that before. <laughs> and if we're not careful, then what it looks like is, come join our church. It's Jesus loves you, you're infinitely valued. Now that we've got that out of the way, there are all of these things that you need to do, and you need to add it to your life, okay? So I know that you're very busy, and you can barely fit everything into your time, but now as a Christian, you have to set aside a whole day to God, and you can't do anything else. So too bad, just fit it all in to the rest of your week, or whatever. And that's just like one example with Sabbath. But that was sort of how 
the best explanation or like the best way that we've experienced it. And of course, there's much better ways in their spiritual disciplines, books, and things like that. And I've read those books, and they do do a wonderful job of explaining these things. But still, that is kind of practically how this gets worked out in a lot of the churches, or, or a lot of my experiences. Like, you've got your whole life, and you've got to add in a whole bunch more Christian things to it, and eventually, you'll be perfect. Um, and, or, like, you'll be doing what you ought to be doing, you know. And... Um, so that seemed wrong. Um, <laughs> but I don't know what else to do. You still have all these other things to do. Um, and you still do need to spend time with God. And you still need to be like telling people about Jesus. And you need to be caring about your community. And you've got all these other concerns now that you're a Christian. right? So it's like, so I don't know what to do. So let's go to the Bible. Um, so I was trying to think, like, I, I want, of course, just a simple story or or rule to tell me what to do. And we do already have rules. Um, so that's why most of this is a problem. Because I'm just very aware of all of our problems. And so I was trying to think uh, of how to deal with this. And the only thing that comes to mind is, I've got to do less for Jesus. <laughs> I cannot do more for Jesus because I'm already doing way too much. Reorient my life and and the only way I can reorient my life is to do less things. I have no time to do more things. And the reason I'm going to do less things is because of Jesus. So I am going to do less things for Jesus. And that is my Christian commitment. It's like, it seems odd. Um, especially in our culture of like, do more, add to, whatever. So when um, my wife and I first moved to the Valley, um, I took a year off school. And that was an opportunity to to do all the things I ever wanted to do, because I've been in school my whole life. Um, and so I did a lot of things. I, I joined a community organization. Um, we were advocating for like the, the, our small community to the local municipality, and we were saying, we need sidewalks, and slow down the speed limit, and do these things, right? Um, I was a part, and I was till Monday, the fire department in Kentville, and so when I did finally start here at ABC after a year off, I was also taking a college course, because um, the fire department wanted you to go into houses and actually know what you were doing a little bit. Um, <laughs> I was trying to, you know, care for my wife. She started a new job, and so we kept adding more things, and they were all really good things, and I'm just doing and doing and doing, and it's great. Um, but it it wasn't it wasn't for the right reasons. I wasn't I wasn't following Jesus' call on my life in that sense. I was just doing things because I could. And so okay, so let's come to back to the passage for a second. We've got a lot of problems, and we need to maybe do less for Jesus. And this passage doesn't necessarily answer all the questions for me, but it it helps me to like I said, like reorient myself and start the process of uh, coming back, I don't know, to what reasonableness is. So, and thank you Tosin for reading this. Um, I appreciated your intonation. I really felt the story. So, in this, uh, in this part, we just heard the story of uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. So that's where we're at in Luke. Um, and then we're told this story of Martha and Mary. And then right after this in Luke is when we get the Lord's Prayer. And so one way of like conceptualizing how it's all fitting together is like it's our focus on others, it's our focus on Jesus, it's our focus on God, uh, the Father, something like that. 
so we're at the focus on Jesus part. Um, so now as they went on their way, they've left that lawyer who's trying to trip up Jesus. They enter a village, and a woman named Martha welcomes him into her house. Good job, Martha. Um, later on in the story, we're going to be tempted to go, oh, Martha, Martha, like Jesus says to her, uh, you are silly. You shouldn't have done whatever. Don't do that. Martha's trying her best, okay? Martha is us. She's just, she's just trying. So 39. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that whatever? I've got this problem. We're drowning. My brother won't give me the inheritance. Martha's not, or Mary's not helping me. That I'm serving alone. Tell them, or tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Alright. I'd just like to notice how Jesus responds to her first. Um, to help us help us on the leader side of things. Remember, we're thinking about this as a leader, but also as individuals. Um, on the leader side of things, Jesus doesn't go, Martha, you've got it all backwards. I, yes, I told you to help other people and be a good Samaritan, but not all the time. Sometimes you need to hang out with me. Okay? <laughs> he doesn't do that. He's like, Martha, Martha, I feel. You're anxious and troubled about many things. I see you're trying to do some good work here. I appreciate you're making us lunch. We assume. We don't know, but okay, lunch. Um, but one thing is necessary. Like, I I'm not going to tell her to stop. I'm sorry. And so maybe you could just, this is what we should be doing right now. He's gentle with her, and he's not accusatory, and he's not, like, pointing out her problems. He's maybe letting So. And it's not going to be taken from her. I'm sorry, I'm not going to use my king of the universe authority to take her out of here to be helping you in the kitchen or wherever. Maybe she's like keeping up on her small business that she's got and she's doing paperwork and Mary's supposed to be the accountant portion of it and like she's not doing her job because Jesus is there in the town. Like, I don't know. But Jesus says he's not going to take her away from it. So I just like that response. So as a leader, when you are, when you're ordering your people around and you're telling them how they should be ordering their life and spending their time, like be very careful. Have they chosen the good thing, the like the thing that they should be focusing on, and maybe you're Marthaing them into something that they're not supposed to be doing? I definitely think I'm tempted for that. So when I organize a thing, and it's important because I've organized it and it's gonna be good, and I'm doing it for your good, so be there, please, and help us do this thing, right? And then they don't I've seen them, uh, I've been very busy at work and I had this plan to go skiing with them on the weekend. That's a real thing that's happened to me. How could this happen? Somebody's not come to my thing. And I feel justified. I'm Martha. Don't you know? You're supposed to be serving the kingdom. Didn't you hear the story about the Good Samaritan? Aren't you supposed to love your neighbor? Come on. And I think that Jesus often, he's been teaching me, uh, they've chosen a good thing. They've chosen to invest in their family, to invest in being a good example to them, whatever. They've chosen a good thing, and I'm not going to take them from that. So you try and run your thing. He's not even telling me not to do it. It's just, I'm not going to take them from that. 
So maybe you should be doing that or not, but just calm down. So that's one thing as a leader. Like, are you martyring people? Are you dragging them into things that God isn't? Okay, problems. But for us as as individuals, it's like trying to live out what it means to follow Jesus, um, and then modeling that for other people in our busyness. Um, how do we do that? How does this story help me? When I was reading through people's you know opinions of this and, and thinking about it for myself, it was this sort of simplistic, I feel, answer to say, well, Martha's concerned with the things of the world, and Mary's concerned with the spiritual. It's like... Thank you for your spiritual answer. It is not helpful. <laughs> so, like, I just really don't want us to go too hard on Martha here. She's trying her best. I wrote things on my hand as we were preparing. And that song uh, that you sang, Caleb, that you let us sing, um, I think was very appropriate. Um, longing just to bring something that's of worth, right? Martha is trying her best. I don't know what you want, Jesus. I'm just trying to do something. You came to my house, I'm making... And one of the, one of the like descriptions of Mary, it's you know Jesus says she's anxious and troubled. Um, one of them was that she's harried, and it's like stressed by all of your obligations, all of your work. She's just trying to bring something that's of worth, and she she doesn't know, she doesn't know what to do. And I think that's us. That is our busyness. That's our attempts to serve God. We're trying to bring something. Anything? What what can we do for you, Jesus? And Jesus is like just I don't know. What? I'm seeing some people work mouthing things to me. <laughs> like what's what's the response? We're trying to bring something that's of worth. It is true that like serving is good. And the more maybe nuanced or, or whatever opinions of this passage is that Martha is doing technically good things. She is trying to help. She's bringing something that's of worth. But Jesus is saying that's not necessary right now. And that Mary's chosen the good portion, the good thing right here. So How do we organize ourselves? I said this would be mostly a problem and then we get to the end. And the reason for that is like, despite my desires, this doesn't answer all of my questions about how to organize myself and my people and like serve the king as perfect Christians. Um, but it begins to give me an orientation, doing less for Jesus, Mayor, or Martha is anxious and troubled about many things. When Jesus, uh, you know, in another place says, don't worry. Because that's dumb. Just don't worry. His assurance is, don't worry. I know that you're worrying about things that are real. Like, you're worrying for a reason. And, good news is, God also knows about those things. And whereas, 
You're going to spin your tires trying to do as much as possible to keep up with the things and the stuff. Your Father in Heaven, He's actually able to keep up with all that stuff. And if you live in communion with Him in proper orientation, doing what's necessary, choosing the good portion at the right times, then you'll make it through. And I like that about Jesus, that He doesn't give these simplistic spiritual answers. Don't worry. There's nothing to worry about. Just follow God. It's good. It's like, no, there are things to worry about. You guys do need to eat at some point. Martha probably needs to eat sometime. Yeah, right? Whoever who woo-hooed for lunch later, like, they don't want Martha to quit forever. But there is this, like, I guess it's balance. So, Jesus' response, it gives me the beginnings of changing how I live. If I am doing things because I'm anxious and troubled, maybe that's not right. And so back to leadership. In our churches, we're doing a lot of stuff. And when I think, sorry, put those online. Um, when I think about how we can respond to the world and all the problems. You know, we make a committee, we've done this, and then we try and meet the need. And it's like, yes, that's good, but um, but we can only do so many things. So is it reasonable to say, you know, this month, this quarter, this year, we're going to do less things, and we're just going to get to know Jesus a bit better. We're just going to be Christians a little bit more in just connecting with God, we're going to do less things, and it's for Jesus. Are we going to accept that as a church? Are we going to go, that's a Christian thing to do. We're just going to do less things. I don't know. I'm going to try it at my church. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Because it seems like a lot of our motivation is this sense of being harried. There are a lot of things. We've got to do them. And I'm not sure that that is the right motivation. Troubled and anxious, that's not God's motivation for us. So, as we conclude, as a leader, when you're leading, careful you're not marthing people. If they're doing something that they feel, you know, listening to God and living before Him, that they don't have to come to this event or they can't make it to that breakfast because they've done a lot lately, maybe you should go, yep, good stay home, or whatever, and treat them with honor, because maybe they've chosen the good thing. And for us as individuals, what are your motivations? Why are you doing things? Are you harried? Are you anxious and troubled? And if you are, maybe you need to turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. A spiritual answer. I also don't entirely know how to do that. And so that, I guess, is the next thing. It's like, what does that mean? How, what does looking at, sitting at Jesus' feet mean? This was the conclusion, right? I'm not supposed to add things to the conclusion. But that is the next thing, <laughs> right? Um, if Jesus was in Wolfville, I think, I would leave here and go sit at his feet. Because who knows what's going to happen? Jesus is here, I probably should just be there. And it's like, he's with us always, but then I can't sit down always. So what does it mean? I need to figure that out. I need to figure that out as an individual, and then 
I need to help other people see that as a leader. And if I don't know what that means, if I don't know what it means to connect with Jesus, to receive the good portion that Mary received, then there's a problem there. And thankfully, because of our spiritual disciplines courses and things like that, I have learned, in a sense, what that means. But my encouragement to you, my warning and reminder, is that um, we do need to understand what it looks like to be Mary, to sit at Jesus' feet, um, and we do need to do that. And so if you're not doing that, figure out why. And I know for me, there's like a few reasons. One is, I don't happen to like myself at times, so when I sit with Jesus, I get this sense of like having to examine myself and play like inspector to try and figure out all my problems so that I can be good enough to hang out with Jesus. And that's not the way that Jesus wants me to sit with him. So I need to overcome that and just go, I'm just going to be with you, Jesus, and I don't have to inspect myself to hang out with you. Okay, so that's for me. That's one of my big things. Why aren't you spending time with Jesus? you got to figure that out. Okay, and the final thing. Again, as, as a leader, um, I think you should encourage people to take Sabbath. You should encourage people to take time away. But um, make sure that you're inviting them into the practice of their faith as not just another bunch of things that they have to do. And also caution them that, as a Christian, you might have to do less things for Jesus. All right, that's the end. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday.